Anyways, all right, so uh, so it's gonna be a fairly short lesson. So think of questions that you want to ask. <laughs> questions you ask at the end, or you know, even if you know the answer, but you think it's like good conversation, just ask. So, uh, so yeah, you guys ready to start? Yes. All right. So uh, Father, thanks so much for uh, this time. We can. Uh, um, um, just worship you through Sunday school. Um, I ask that you, uh, or just um, stir up our hearts, Father, that we would uh, just know you um, more fully. That we would study um, your word more fully. Um, uh, that our faith would increase, um, and that we would be able to love you more, Father. Uh, be with us. Be with everyone um, uh, that's on their way to church. We thank you in Jesus' name. We pray. Amen. Cool. All right, so this is the second part of um, the new birth. Uh, so we're just going to recap on uh, re- recap what happened last week. Um, so the, the three main points we went through last week was, what is the new birth? Um, why must we be born again? And how does the new birth come about? Um, and when, we're, when we were talking about what is the new birth, uh, we gave the, uh, the passage of John 3, 1 to 10, right, where... Uh, Nicodemus um, talks to Jesus, um, and so Nicodemus was a um, was a Pharisee, and he was very religious, um, but he was not born again. He didn't have this new life. Um, so new birth is not just a religion, but it's a new life, um, and it's also not just merely acknowledging the fact that Jesus is Jesus and God, and that He does uh, um, miracles and has died for us, but that um, that we we don't just acknowledge it, but we have to experience that supernatural uh, uh, birth within ourselves. Um, and it's not just a creation; it's not the new birth is the creation of a new human nature. So, like we were talking about, we we die to ourselves and we're raised up um, uh, just new creatures with new affections. And then why must we be born again really quick? Just two points is we need to be born again, obviously, because we are spiritually dead and we cannot save ourselves. So God is the one that uh, um, comes into our lives um, and uh, uh, just uh, yeah, gives us that desire to long for him and seek him. Um, and then we, without the new birth, we would have, we would not, obviously, we would not, not have saving faith. Uh, we would not be justified, and we would not be made children of God. And the scariest part of all of that is that we would uh, not have eternity with um, with God. Um, we wouldn't be in fellowship with Him forever. We would instead we would uh, suffer uh, eternal damnation. And then, uh, how does a new birth come about? Um, it was through. Uh, Jesus coming down to the earth, uh, uh, Jesus was, his incarnation was what, um, it was him coming down to rescue us. So he was, uh, by his blood, he ransomed us, um, he was raised again, and then God calls us to this uh, eternal life, this imperishable life. Okay. So yeah, that was last week. Um, And so this week we're going to talk about uh, kind of the effects of the new birth. Um, what, as new as Christians, as people who have um, have this saving faith, 
what do we experience and uh, just how it works out in our lives. All right, so um, so the first passage we're going to go through is First John five one to five. Uh, Amy, can you do you think you read that for us? Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ has been born of God, and everyone who loves the Father loves whoever has been born of Him. By this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and obey His commandments. For this is the love of God that we keep His commandments. And his commandments are not burdensome. For everyone who has been born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Who is it that overcomes the world except the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? Yeah. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, so um, if we look closer at verse 3 and 4, it shows us that when we are born again, we... um, we, we overcome the world. So we, in a sense, we overcome our sins. Our, we're, we're no longer looking at the world as the center of our lives. Uh, we, we now have this, um, this saving faith, this love of God um, that allows us to uh, uh, just live righteously. It says that um, we keep His commands um, it says that, and his commands, commandments are not burdensome. So we do all these things. We live this righteous life. We strive for a godly life because we have uh, this, uh, this heart for Jesus. He is now our center. He is now our treasure. Um, and so I think that is the, the, uh, the, the biggest thing that happens in, in the new birth is that our affections no long, are no longer of the world. But Jesus is now our center, and so we live um, with that in mind. Yes. So, what about like the times when it's just uh, when, when we don't feel like when like uh, we don't just don't want things of God? Does that mean that we're not saved? No. Um, but when that happens, I mean, uh, we we I think we all go through a lot of dead spots. Um, but we understand that Jesus is our ultimate treasure. So, so we pray that God would uh, stir in us this this desire for Him, that we, He would we would bring us back. He would bring us back to the, the love, the first love that we had. Um, so, no. Yeah, I don't know if that fully answered the question. Great. Oh, thanks. <laughs> yes, Michael. Um, can you give us maybe like a concrete example of? Uh, <clears throat> of the fact that the, the law or the commandments were burdensome before the new birth, and then now it's not burdensome? Like, what do you mean by burdensome and for it not to be burdensome? I, I think when... Um, um, I think the, the best example is always, like, just for myself, like, it's thing... Uh, you, you, become to, you begin to cultivate this servant attitude of this life of servitude... Um, and it's out of a heart that wants to do this, do those things. Whereas before, it it's like it felt more of a chore. And even if I would say, um, "Oh, I want to do this because I love God," it was more like I felt like I wanted him. I was like paying God something, and he in return he would give me a good life. So in the sense, it was burdensome. It wasn't like I was just doing it freely out of without wanting to receive anything. So. Um, 
Yeah. I don't know. So do you think it could that could be like a reverse test? Um, how do you know if you're alive in Christ? How burdensome is it to obey? Mm. Um, do you think that's like a valid way to think of it? Yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. So I mean, like, to to, to be born again mm -hmm. means you don't have to whip yourself to obey, right? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. It just flows naturally, you know. In a sense, it's it's almost like you want to do these things for Jesus. Uh, you want to serve the church. You want to be a part of the body uh, because you understand that uh, we have a greater treasure um, in Jesus. So, so we're just here to, in a sense, kind of do work. Uh, um, yeah, just to live this life. And, and we'll talk about how Paul is. Uh, straining to uh, for the goal um, of Jesus uh, in a bit. So. I think uh, maybe an example we could do yeah. is like, like for example, like sometimes like or like say like uh, I don't like to eat steak, but then like some like it's we get I think when we become Christians we have like new appetites. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So like we used to like like to eat like food before, but then like when we become <laughs> Christians like, it's like. Our, our taste buds change and we yeah. want something different. Yeah, yeah. Or maybe it's better to say that we like to eat poo, but we didn't think it was poo. Yeah. yeah, yeah. thought it was yeah. steak. So we before were e really eating dog food. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so before it was yummy to us, it's like, mm, give me more of that. And then and then, then, then we find Jesus and we'll look like, wow, that's really garbage. And then we understand that there's so much more, so much, so much more to keep. like poo. Yes. Now we realize it actually yes. safe. All right, that's a great illustration, I should have. <laughs> hey, can you give us an example from your life? Um, <laughs> reading Bible, reading the Bible. Yeah, yeah, we could we could give that example. Um, yeah, um, yeah. Again, like example, simple, simple example would just be that um, church used to be burdensome to me, whereas where I, I used to go because I was raised in it and. Uh, and I thought it was the thing to do to keep my faith, in a sense, you know. So it was burdensome because I'm like, I need to keep going to church in order to to show, in a way, like show that I was I was saved. Um, whereas now it's like, man, I look forward to Sunday every. Uh, I look forward. Sunday is like the main day for me. It's like, oh man, I love I love Sundays to worship with with, uh, with all you guys and um, everything is light, you know. Um, it took me like forever to do some uh, like just little things, um, yet. Yeah, I do it with joy. It's like, it's so, it's so, um, I don't know, I just find so much joy in doing things like, and serving and, and, and wanting to do these things. And so, so yeah, I don't think you can fake that, you know, like it's really hard to fake your, your affections for something. Um, so I think when those are genuine, when those are true, then, then you'll, you'll have that full assurance of, uh, of faith. So if it is a burden to go to church or do read the Bible and pray, then what should we do? Should we stop? Um, I there are times where things are still burdensome. So I, so again, like I would at those times I would just pray that God would uh, turn my heart to things of Him, uh, that He would continually um, just move my heart uh, uh, just for a greater love for Him, and that usually never fails. It hasn't failed me yet. Where uh, I have those days where it's like, oh man, I, I, I don't know what I'm doing. And so, so just through reading, reading uh, scripture and, and whatever and just prayer, 
it has it moves it has moved me to a greater love of uh, serving and greater love of things become lighter for me. It's just more like I just want to do it, you know. You know, I think what's really interesting about that, Eric, um, is I think if you're alive mm. and you feel dead, yeah. you feel to the extent that you're alive, you feel bad that you're dead. Mm. You want to do something yeah, about it, right? But if you feel dead and you really are dead, you're not going to care. Yes. Mm. Right, um, and so the dead become more dead. <laughs> yeah, that's I mean, I really think, good. I think like a, a good a good way to know you're dead is that you have no affections for God, you have no desire to obey God or to do the things of God, mm-hmm. and you don't really care. Yeah, or you, it doesn't bother you. Right, right, and yeah, I think that a lot a lot of that plays out into how just when you look at your life, it just really, it, it shows you, there are indications where, um, you know, you know, you kind of know what's the center of your life, you know, like, if you just look at your life, like, what do you, is, if we took church out of your life, like, how different would it look like, basically, in a sense, you know, um, it's like, if, if nothing is unchanged, and you're still going about, then that's a big indicator, so, yeah. Questions, questions? Okay. So yeah, um, again, faith is not not uh, not being like Nicodemus, where you have the knowledge, you acknowledge that Jesus is Lord. Um, it's more than that. Uh, we just talked about is Jesus becomes your treasure, right? Um, <clears throat> and it's more than say the, the rich young ruler in Luke eighteen. Um, he kept all his, the commandments since he was young, right? But Jesus was not his treasure. Um, he was just asking, what can I do to uh, gain eternal life? Um, and then Jesus says, sell your stuff, right? And so it was a big indicator. He couldn't do it because he was he loved his wealth. You know, so the wealth was with his God. Uh, so that's, I think that's a really great picture of um, just where his treasure lies, where his idol, what his idol really is. And we can look at about, look at that in our, in our own lives. You know, what is our our real idol in life? Okay, and um, so yeah, more than a savior, more than just acknowledging he's a savior, more than saying he's Lord, but also um, saying he's your treasure. So those three things um, just really ground your faith. All right, so. So yeah, Christ is at the center, and he's not just. Uh, a side dish, uh, some somebody you go to in times of, um, you know, like not just as, not just simply as a crutch. You know, it's more than that. Jesus is um, the love of your life. Okay, so we'll go to point two. Um, point two is it frees us from continual sin. Uh, Aikman, can you read First um, John three? Four to ten for us, please. Everyone who makes a practice of sinning also practices, practices lawlessness. Sin is lawlessness. You know that he appeared in order to take away sins, and in him there is no sin. No one who abides in him keeps on sinning. No one who keeps on sinning has either shown him or known him. Therefore, let no one deceive you. Whoever practices righteousness is righteous as he is righteous. Whoever makes a practice of sinning is of the devil, 
and the devil has been sinning from the beginning. The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the works of the devil. No form of God makes a practice of sinning, for God's seed abides in him, and he cannot and he cannot keep on sinning because he is born of God. By this it is evident, who are the children of God and who are the children of the devil. Whoever does not practice righteousness is not a God, nor is a one who does not love his brother. Cool, thank you. Yeah, so this is, uh, so this point is, it's important because I think a lot of people look at it and they're like, oh, isn't that in a way like being legalistic? Like, oh, I thought we were justified by faith alone. Um, so this really flushes it out for us and really explains that when we have this new treasure, when we have this new birth, um, we no longer look to the world, right? So we've overcome the world. It doesn't mean we, we don't sin. Uh, it says so in First John 8-10. to 10. And let me read that for you real quick. It says, If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say we have not sinned, we make Him a liar, and His word is not in us. So, so John here is obviously saying that we still sin, right? But we do not live this life and practice um, sinning, you know. So, so we're not just steeped in sin. We're not, uh, I don't know, you know, <laughs> whatever, whatever really bad sin there is, or um, we're not just like fully immersed in it. Um, we're continually fighting our sin. We feel bad anytime we sin, and uh, every time we stumble, uh, you know, we we feel. Um, uh, we look to the we look to Jesus, right? We 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 run to Jesus because we know we have our, our faith is in Jesus, um, and we know that we're a fallen, uh, we're fallen creatures, right? Um, yeah, and so I think uh, the new birth really gives us that power. Jesus gives us that power to break that bond of sin. Um, I have yeah. something to say. Yes. So, uh, th- I think, yeah, I think it's important to to note that um, even as believers, we're still going to struggle with sin. Yes. So just because we sin and because we're tempted doesn't mean that we're not saved. But yeah, for sure. Like for example, one of my uh, one of my classmates at school, he is uh, he lived like a homosexual lifestyle before, and, um, and so and then he uh, he returned to the church, and then he saw that you know what this what I'm doing is wrong, so he repented of that lifestyle. Um, but then he says, even now, he still struggles with like same-sex attraction. So when he lusts, he thinks about mm. men, like being with men. But um, he says, it's just I know it's something that I'm gonna have to deal with the rest of my life. But at least, but he he puts up a fight. Yeah, yeah. I think that you know, if if we put up a fight, if we hate the sin in us, that's that's evidence that we have something going on in our lives. And I mean, but it, but if we just like go like, oh well, you know, I'm gonna <coughs> give into it again because that's who I am. And I think that's yeah. evidence that maybe you're not saved. Yeah, yeah, that's really everyone's good. Everyone's going to struggle throughout their life with whatever sin they have. Right, right. So, yeah, so if we, um, yeah, that's a really good point. Like, if we continue to sin because we think we're justified by faith, um, Romans 6, 1 says, What shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin that grace may abound? By no means. How can we who die to sin still live in it? So, it's yeah, that's a perfect example. Like, we don't, um, 
we don't just continually live in sin and then just feel bad. In a way, we, we fight for, we're fighting for against sin and we're fighting for our faith. We're fighting for, um, for just God to, to cleanse us and, and rid us of sin, as hard as it may be. We're continually fighting our sin. Um, so that's a very good indicator that, uh, that we have this new birth in us. Um, yeah, if we just continue to sin because we say, oh, we're saved anyways and, and we're saved by grace, right? Then that's then your attitude get towards that is not the right and, and not the right way to think about it, and so we need to check our hearts when it comes to that. Any questions? Yeah, I think it's a good reminder that the gospel or God He doesn't just save us from the punishment for our sins, but He saves us from like, the power of our of the sins yeah. over us. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, but this is the only thing that really enables us to stop sinning because then we're not we're not trying to stop sinning out of like a self righteousness yeah. or doing it out of love and right. gratitude for who God is and what He's done. Yeah, that's really good. Um, yeah, again, like uh, um, we overcome the world, right? Like in First John five four, um, it's not easy, but but we have that that affection. We have that. Uh, uh, that power of, 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 of God to help us fight that sin if we truly are have this new birth. Um, yeah, okay, so we'll go to point three. Um, it gives us faith and a genuine love for others. So that's... So when a new birth occurs, two, uh, two things happen. We, we have faith and repentance. And... Um, they cannot be separate from each other. They're, they go hand in hand. Uh, the new birth produces faith and repentance. Right? We put our trust in God and we repent. We renounce our sins. Uh, so we, it's not faith produces new birth. Right. New birth produces faith. Yes. That's very counterintuitive for a lot of people. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So so again, like God regenerates us, and in the and that brings about new birth, and that gives us the faith. Um, the faith to trust in Jesus. So yes, that's a good point. Um, this one's a long passage, but we can read it. Uh, <laughs> Eric, can you breeze through this passage yeah. for us? <clears throat> Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God, and whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God, because God is love. In this, the love of God was made manifest among us, that God sent His only Son into the world, so that we might live through Him. In this is love, not that we have loved God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be a propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God abides in us, and His love is perfected in us. By this we know that we abide in Him, and He in us, because He has given us of His Spirit. And we have seen and testified that the Father has sent His Son to be the Savior of the world. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God abides in Him, and He in God. So we have come to know and to believe that love of, the love that God has for us. God is love, and whoever abides in love abides in God, and God abides in Him. By this is love perfected with us, so that we may have confidence for the day of judgment, because as He is, so also are we in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. For fear has to do with punishment, and whoever fears has not been perfected in love. We love because he first loved us. If anyone says, I love God, and hates his brother, he is a liar. 
For he who does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot love God whom he has not seen. And this commandment we have from him, whoever loves God must also love his brother. Thanks. Yeah, so there's so many uh, verses here uh, that just shows that um, how we need to love our brothers um, because God loved us, right? So, so God's love is made manifest in us, um, and we pour out, right? So, so we have this genuine um, love for others. Um, and so I think this is like a really good indicator of, um, of just life in you, this new birth in you. Um, we can, an example would be uh, of, uh, of your pulse, right? Uh, a, a pulse in, your, in a person's body, right? It's an indicator that he's alive. Um, and so it is. It's like love is an indicator that we are alive in God. Um, yeah, it doesn't create. Uh, the, the pulse is not what uh, generates. Um, it, it's not the origin of this life, but it is an after effect of, of this new birth in us. Um, so yeah, we, understanding the gospel, understanding what God has done for us, um, and in Him uh, regenerating us, we we have this this uh, this love, this overflowing love and joy that we just pour out and we serve others and and uh, we just um, work towards bettering this world, right? Um, because we have this life. So John seven thirty seven to thirty eight, like where, where Jesus says, "If you believe in me, then out of your heart will flow rivers." Of living water, right? So, so like, there's all these like um, um, uh, pictures in the Bible where it's very vivid, where new birth is something big. It's not just something we uh, that just we just we'll just have was like, okay, I'll have some of Jesus and we're saved. It's more than that. It's this new life in us. Um, out of us flows <laughs> flows love, right? And so we're we're uh, we keep looking uh, to. So yeah, I don't know, just serve others and, and, and really uh, um, uh, work towards a greater uh, a greater life, a greater um, a world. I have a comment. Yes. So, um, yeah, uh, on this point, um, I think like sometimes like just what the, the implication of this is pretty big because um, <clears throat> if we really do like if we really do have like new love for other people then, um, like, that's huge in the way we live our lives. Yeah. And um, that book, I, I think, like, I don't know, like, uh, Lewis here in, has read that book, um, it's called Radical, by a guy named David Platt. And he goes so far as to say, um, if you're not giving your money to the poor regularly, and if you're not, if you're not showing mercy <coughs> to, um, to people that don't deserve mercy, then you're not a Christian. Mm-hmm. And that's just, like, crazy, because we think, like, you know, we can, like, oh, well, just, like, continue living a life but then there has to be like if we say that we love someone then it has to act out in a way and like love is like sacrificing for people so yeah. I think uh, we could go so far as to even say that if you're not hurting to the point where it, or if you're not loving someone to the point where it hurts you and you're sacrificing for someone then you don't really love someone and thereby you don't really love God yeah yeah um, that's really good like verse 20 says if you if you hate your brother uh, if you say I love God and you hate your brother, you're a liar, right? Um, and so I, I think it's a lot of times it's hard to love everyone, you know, and that, that's a really hard <laughs> commandment. Um, and so 
But God is... Yes, it's super hard. <laughs> um, but no, um, just just in praying that God would turn your heart, uh, give you a greater love for people, like then then God does this work in you. And so, so if you, I don't know, if you like always are very hateful, you always like, you know, I, I, it's just it doesn't that doesn't look like Christ, a Christian to to me. You know, it's just like, um, yeah, it's, it says it's very clear in in, in this passage where. God is love, and we are to be love, right? Uh, we are to love and and just um, um, yeah, just like uh, uh, pour out pour out this crazy love for people, right? So I think that's really interesting because I think something that I'm realizing about myself is that I I like holding ideas of certain things more than actually carrying it out. So, for example, like when you when you talk about like loving your neighbor, loving the poor, so I'm like, right. yeah, I, of course. I, yeah, yeah. I agree with that. But then, when you get like really practical, like you should be regularly giving your money, mm-hmm. or you should be engaging in like acts of mercy to people yeah. who don't deserve it, who hurt you, who you know like are like being lazy or whatever, right? Like yeah. how do we want to like, justify our lack of love? Uh, it's again, it's like so much harder to actually do it rather than in my right. mind I can think about loving people. Right, right, right. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's good. Like again. Um, your affection will drive you to to more of an action. Um, so yeah, that's good to kind of check check yourself. Um, and so yeah, love is a really big indication of just this new birth in you, uh, this life that's been given to you. Um, yeah. So uh, point four is um, uh, perseverance of our faith. So once we're saved, uh, and some people. Don't, believe this but uh, just just through uh, a few passages once we're saved we'll always be saved till the end um, and we'll I'll read first uh, John 219 for us they went out from us but they were not of us for if they had been of us they would have continued with us but they went out that it might become plain that they all are not of us um, so yeah you can go to church uh, for most of your life and just fall out uh, I have plenty of friends who, who have fallen out from church, um, and it's and some of them were baptized and and uh, um, proclaimed Jesus before, and and they just fallen out and they just completely completely uh, um, just hateful towards just Christianity and things of Jesus, and so it's it was clear that they didn't have a full understanding of the gospel and they were never really truly saved, and I think that's really scary. Um, and uh, yeah, just just on a side note, like just we, I think it's so important that we uh, just really immerse ourselves in uh, in scripture and prayer because that God will reveal to us, you know, just uh, um, things to us that we need to work on, and and that really grounds us in in our faith. Um, the more we look and understand um, the gospel, uh, the more we'll be grounded in in our faith and our love for God. Um, so yeah, um, once we're saved, uh, we'll we'll be saved uh, until then. We'll we'll see Jesus. Um, yeah, God says, uh, "I give them eternal life, and they will never perish, and no one will snatch them out of my hand." So yeah, God will keep His children. Um, any questions on on that point? I think this is really important 
for um, a lot of us, like we know friends or even ourselves, we we question whether we're saved, and <coughs> we question whether our friends are saved. And going through the series, it's almost like we're going through like this litmus test, right, of whether you're saved or not. Um, mm-hmm. Especially if you know people going through a, a low point or you're going through low point yourself. You sometimes ask, you know, am I really saved? Um, yeah. But it's good to, to study this because we know that um, there's, there's indicators. There's definitely, yeah. God gives us indicators that yeah, we for know sure. for sure that we're saved, right? We right. have this love for people that we talked about. Um, <clears throat> and, yeah, and I guess what we're saying here um, in point four is that those people that we see falling out of faith, quote unquote, mm-hmm. Was really never saved right. from the beginning. Right. Um, the seed kind of just fell by the wayside, right? Yeah. That's what that's good. Saying. So, um, yeah, so I think for those, we it's even harder to talk to those people because in their minds they think, oh yeah, I've been saved once, I'm good, right? I'm yeah. covered for the rest of eternity. So I don't even know like how you would even approach them and bring this up. It seems really difficult because yes. it's even harder for to talk to them than non Christians because at least non Christians know they're not saved. These people, they think yeah, they're saved, yeah. but they're not. Yeah, and, and so that's why I think it's so important to increase your knowledge. Because the, uh, the I, I honestly believe like the more knowledgeable you are about um, the Bible and, and just things of God, the, the deeper your faith will be and the more grounded you will be in your faith. Um, so it increases your faith. Knowledge will, increase, uh, will help increase your faith. Yeah, that's good. Thanks. Yeah, I think one of the, um, one, I hope one of the focus of, of our church too is not not only reach out to the people who are, mm-hmm. who are unsaved, but also to those people who, quote unquote, have fallen out. Right. Um, you know, at least they they're not as, um, you know, they don't feel like church is like, okay. a, you know, totally different thing. You know, unless right. they're totally <coughs> off by it. Right. At they, least they're familiar with the church environment. Right. And right. Um, you know, hopefully we can start reaching out to them. Yeah. So at least we have a, some kind of a connection in the past, you know, with him. We can start talking to him about it. That's good. Um, yeah. So, um, so we'll continue. Uh, uh, point five is a lifelong journey of sanctification. Uh, we won't read it, all of it. Um, but uh, let's see there. Um, I'll read Philippians three twelve to fourteen for us really quick. Uh, this is Paul uh, talking here. Not that I have already obtained this or am already perfect, but I press on to make it my own, because Christ Jesus has made me His own. Brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but one thing I do. But one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal of for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Um, yeah, so you see that um, even after our new birth, it is so important that we continually strive for um, this is godly life, to have more of Jesus in our lives, right? Um, so two things are at work, right? God is uh, actively, uh, he's, he's um, continue, continually doing a work in our hearts, but our part is to actively seek him. Right, we through prayer, through hearing His word, uh, through fellowship with uh, other other uh, brothers and sisters, um, and sanctification will will never be completely sanctified until we die. Right, our souls will be sanctified once we we pass into the next life. 
and then again our bodies will be uh, um, resurrected when Jesus once Jesus comes back, right? Uh, but that's a whole another issue. But um, the point is, sanctification is lifelong. We have to fight and have to continually um, um, just work out our faith and really, really have more of Jesus in our lives. All right. So the last last uh, couple points is it's pretty uh, pretty quick. Um, how can we help others be born again? And obviously, we need to share the gospel, right? We share the gospel with boldness, trusting in God's sovereignty. So I think, like a lot of us, because we think God is sovereign, uh, we'll believe that God will do whatever He does, right? Um, and so we don't we don't actively pursue people because if they're elect, they're elect, right? They're gonna, God's going to save them, however. Um, and that's not the right way to, to view it. Um, if you believe that, then you should say, God has sovereignly decreed that I'm going to stay alive. <laughs> and so don't even eat. Right? <laughs> somehow, you know, it'll happen. Yeah. Don't do anything. Yeah. Relax. Yeah. So I think it's unbiblical, <laughs> foolish, and elitist to say, in the sense, say that God will do what he does, right? Um, to, to those he saves. It, he calls us to to reach out to people, to share the gospel with our friends and families and just whoever it is, to our neighbors, right? Um, and that, I think that's really hard to, to share share the faith, share your faith in the gospel. Um, maybe because a lot of times we're not sure what they're going to ask and we don't know how to answer questions. Um, and so, again, it's important to kind of just steep yourself in the Bible and, and just gain a bigger knowledge. Um, and if you don't know, just honestly say you don't know. The God, it, as long as you understand the gospel and 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 just how how Christ, you know, died for us, um, um, and how God calls us righteous, then man, if you have that's 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 power that you have. Um, and with right here it says that um, um, we have this treasure in jars of clay, right, to show that the surpassing power belongs to God and not to us. So we're the jars of clay. We're just so ordinary. Um, and it is God that does all the work. Um, in 1 Corinthians, Corinthians 3, 7, uh, So neither he who plants nor he who waters is anything, but only God who gives the growth. So we plant, we water, um, like Paul does, um, but God gives, us gro- God gives the growth. So as long as we're faithful in doing our part, uh, we can trust in in the, the work that God's going to do in the person's life. And two, just be a good testimony, right? Don't be a hypocrite. Live what you, live what you teach. Live what you claim that you are. Um, um, and yeah, just, just continually fight for, uh, fight against your sins and fight for more of Jesus. Do you have any questions? Cool. I, I think for for myself, I, I just really got hung up on the fact that um, that yeah, being justified by faith alone. So I thought I had Jesus, and so I didn't understand why my life was so dead um, for much of my life until you know until um, I'm just really trying to study up on the Word and. and and so that has just given me this new life. Um, so yeah, if you're like, if a lot of time, we, we have we have a lot of dead points in our life, 
Um, and I think it's so important just to, um, we always say this, read your Bible and pray, right? And those are really hard things to do. Um, but I, those things will kind of give us the answers that we need and, and God will uh, just do a work in our hearts. So. All right, uh, let's pray. Father, thanks so much for, um, Lord, just for your grace and love and your mercy towards, uh, towards us, Father, um, as children. Um, we, ask, we thank you for all that you've given to us. Um, help us, Father, to um, just understand things that we think are basic. Um, just help us to continually um, immerse ourselves in Scripture um, and in, in prayer and in, in seeking more of you, uh, that you would um, just continually uh, um, just transform us, Father, that you would uh, continually renew our minds, Father, and, and just uh, awaken our, our, our souls and our hearts, Father. Um, so, yeah, just thank you for this time. Thank you for church. Thank you for uh, fellowship. Um, and, Lord, just be with us as we, we come to worship you um, um, in service, Father. Thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.